no fun. Hi. Hey, how's it going? How you doing? Doing all right. Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three birth professionals. And best friends. And we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows. Or as we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. I'm Kim Haynes and I work at a busy birth center. I'm Meredith Out and I have a home birth practice here in Winchester, Virginia. And I'm Jess McKee. I'm a doula for clients in and out of the hospital and a birth assistant for out-of-hospital midwives. We've stopped saying we're midwives for some reason. <laughs> Did we used to say that? We did. <laughs> well, I think people get the gist now. You guys are midwives. You're really good. We ones do that too. sometimes. <laughs> I make a better balloon artist. Yeah. So why why don't we start out by talking about how it's Thursday and we're recording on a Thursday we've instead never, of a Tuesday. Yeah, never. Guess, we've never missed an episode ever. Yeah. yeah. I feel really thrown off. My week's all wonky. I'm like, tomorrow's Friday? Yeah. yeah. Week's flying by. Mm-hmm. And we're going dancing on Saturday. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Knock on wood. Mm-hmm. So the reason birth. why we are recording on a Thursday, and we're not missing an episode, we're releasing it one day late. It's past our due date. It's past our due date. Which is normal. But not post dates. It's just, you know, within yeah. normal range late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Average late. It's been so busy. I've worked more. This was supposed to be my week off. And I think I've worked more this week on my week off than I did on my last week on. Yeah, yeah you had three births in a row over 36 it, hours. No, the births was, were in less than 18 hours. Oh, but the but, postpartums were really brutal. Yeah, and there were postpartums and prenatal visits. And then I had a day of postpartums. But it's because poor Jen got the, f- I think she got the flu. She had something. She was Every- definitely like regurgitating. Yeah, she, was, she was out for the count. So... <laughs> Yeah. One day we'll have a backup midwife, Kim. <laughs> Three births in 18 hours. That's crazy. Yeah, but they all went so well. I mean, there were a couple things we had to skillfully manage. But it Hence went to the great. game face photo that oh my is God. gracing Facebook now. Whatever. I can die a happy midwife now that someone said I had the best poker face ever. I've told you that like a million times. I know, but you always but say we, nice things to me. They were always tell her nice things. <laughs> It came from a dude I didn't, I could barely knew. <laughs> oh, well, they tend to say nicer things that do, <laughs> that do know you. Yeah, the That's fact that we say nice things about you, knowing all the worst things about you, actually shouldn't mean more. That's true. And you were busy. I've, yeah, well, I have been busy. Well, you Just did some personal post, life You things. did some postpartum care and you have some crazy yes. life stuff. Yeah, I've had some crazy life stuff and um, I think I might be going a little bit crazy which is a good thing that we're doing this episode today because um, I don't know. We need to talk about Jess's mental health issues. Yeah, we need to talk about my mental health issues. And what happens when she stuffs her feelings down for too long. Yeah, we're going to get to that later. Wrap them up like a burrito. <laughs> Apparently it makes your underarms start to itch. Yep, that's what happens. And then you fall into a Google hole. She thought she had lymphoma. Deep, deep spiral. I might have No, lymphoma. she rolls up the story. She's like, I think I have lymphoma. We're like, well what's going on my armpits itch did you change your deodorant no do you have any lumps no what's going on well i did change my deodorant last (laughs) week after 20 minutes of talking about everything else besides changing your deodorant so then we launched then we laughed for a good i don't know kim said she wasn't laughing at her but i was laughing at her (laughs) and then meredith looked at me very dismissively (laughs) yeah and started talking about work 
because Jessica's armpits don't matter to her, but they matter to me, Jess. Yeah. I'm here for you. I just don't like to encourage you guys like death sentences that you've written out for yourselves. It makes me nervous. <laughs> I have cancer in my whole body. Jessica has lymphoma or liver failure. But the good news about this whole thing is that when I went to show Kim my armpit, she got to see some side boob too because I'm so wearing a bra today. And I thought we were going to talk about how smooth your armpits are. That are. was the most shocking thing I've ever seen. They're the most beautiful, smooth, like armpits i've ever seen in my life yeah, i've never seen anything like it my family is pretty hairless we're like hairless jews <laughs> or hairless what are the hairless gophers or guinea pigs not that all jews are hairless but my family for some reason has That's very definitely not little the hair they must have made a deal at some point isn't that how that works <laughs> yeah okay what are we talking about today Mental um, health, clearly. So I, I want to go <laughs> back in and retrospectively, I don't know if that's the right word, um, <laughs> apologize for saying I'm going crazy while at the same time doing an episode about actual mental health. Uh, we're doing an episode about postpartum depression and anxiety, and we are not calling you crazy. No. So... I mean, postpartum depression can make you crazy, but... Or feel crazy. Yeah, um, sure. But so we're going to do this in two different sections. So today is a beast. Yeah. So today's episode is mostly about like bringing awareness to um, postpartum, postpartum anxiety, depression, and anxiety depression. and people's experience with it and not just their experience of what it's like to have postpartum an- and anxiety and depression, but also um, how people perceive it. So we want to kind of like pull that curtain back on the perception of postpartum anxiety and depression. Yeah. We got a lot of stories about this. Actually, I think it was one of our most well-written in topics. And oh, yeah. there's definitely themes within each of those. So we like want to talk about what are the patterns that we notice in people's experiences of postpartum depression. And we may not read your email word for word, but they were, they were all amazing. Just so long. People got other stories out and we're not laughing at postpartum depression, but Ew. this is how we like are able to cope with our job is with humor. So Obviously, we're going to be making jokes, but we're not in any way making fun of postpartum depression and anxiety. No, but we do feel like making jokes about anything is a good way to release endorphins and oxytocin. And make the whole world better. So if you are struggling right now, it might be actually a good idea to listen to us because not only is it approachable, you might get a little laugh out of it. And listen, if you're going crazy, I recently learned after 24 years... 24 years of parenting that the day that your children are potty trained and can strap themselves into their own car seat or whatever (laughs) you're like in a permanent fucking vacation my whole life just like brock now straps himself in i open the car they Uh get in i shut the door and i drive away and i'm like oh my god yeah this is so great you never thought you'd be out of that. You've been no. parenting, like you've been in the trenches of parenting for so long. More than half of my life. Yeah. It started at 16. Yeah. And I'm just now getting to that end of that. Like, Where you can get in your car without yeah. strapping a child. He in. also finally goes to the bathroom by himself. You're like practically out of your. He didn't do that until he was almost five. Oh, I know. I was there for it. Yes. He, he it was he, horrible. He knew that he was your last one and he just really wanted you to enjoy the drags of parenting. I mean, it was, it was, I did not know if I was going to make it. I thought you were going to get postpartum depression from that. I, I mean, 24 years I was later. Definitely not in a good place. <laughs> yeah, I sat in, I've sat in the bathtub and cried so many times. I can't even count them. Usually with a cup of coffee. And usually it's just because I need to get shit off myself. Yeah. From one of my kids. Yeah. I would cry over that a lot. So many late night texts. Like if I have to deal with shit for one more day. Oh my God. I'm going to lose it. And do you remember shortly after that we were pushing with a mom and she pooped and it literally fell on my unshoed foot. It went <laughs> bloop onto my foot. And I was like. Ah! <laughs> 
<laughs> what is shit? Why? Why is there so much Just shit falling out of everywhere? <laughs> I feel like shit that comes out of pushing moms bothered you a lot less than like your oh, children. Oh yeah. Oh, especially when Brock is laughing at you as you wipe his butt. He's like, I can't. <laughs> I can't. But now, just know, yeah. hang in there because if there is there is an end to this horrific tunnel of yeah. motherhood. And we're not saying you don't love your children. You just said a horrific tunnel. Horrific <laughs> tunnel of motherhood. That's what I felt like I was in. And there goes my desire to ever have children. <laughs> yes, yeah. Kim. So Meredith, when are you when are you thinking? No, it's just so hard. It's just it's so hard. But then all yeah. of a sudden it just got better and easier and yeah. i'm not saying i don't love my kids more than the universe itself but it was not easy to yeah. continue loving them <laughs> it's every kind of, day it's kind of like a haunted house you go there to have fun but like weird shit just jumps yeah. out to scare you all along shit the way falls from the so like, why do we do this for fun it's so true <laughs> we know how this works and people are like don't you know how babies keep getting made I'll kill you right now. Yeah. And it's a Why lot more fun. Why did you look at me when you said that? I didn't say that. I don't know. I just looked at you because I love you and you look beautiful in your dress. So today we are going to be sharing some of people's stories, but I feel like it's important to talk about first, like some of the common threads that run through people's stories about postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety and how they felt when they had it. Um, so we do have a list here. Mary wrote the list this time, which never happened. I, I did nothing to contribute to this I just want to say, like, this has been the craziest. I mean, we just started this one in October, but this has been the craziest, like, three weeks since our live show. So we've had a, like, huge transition. And just like in birth, transition is, like, crazy hard. Um, so I threw up a couple times. <laughs> did you? No, I didn't. Right now I'm going to get the flu. I just jinxed myself. I didn't, I didn't throw up either. No, I didn't. But I my armpits no. are still itchy. She got itchy armpits. We, it's, we, we knew after the live episode, we could just kind of chill out for a bit or keep going. But right after that episode, we just got so busy yeah. and just haven't had time to focus as much as we wanted to on the podcast. But And we've had to go through a whole learning curve because we had a change with our sound system and so now like we're doing all of this ourselves and i had to AKA learn Jess is doing it herself. Oh, all of it God. i sat next to her and doled her through it but she did it's, everything it's quite a learning curve um I'm, I'm sure it'll keep getting better this is our first time recording with our new equipment that we are using ourselves so and it's probably not anywhere near as good as those stuff we were using <laughs> But we shall see. We we'll shall see, see what happens. So prosper. if you want to let us know, drop in a comment under our like social meads. I just said social meads. Yeah, like who are you? So cool. What generation uh, is that? Let us know X. how this episode sounds or, you know, what you would like to hear more of or if there's problems on your side because it helps us troubleshoot. Um, For sure. So what are the common... The common, common threads in these emails. I think the first one that I really picked up on was the perception that it happens in the first 12 weeks. And if it's after that, then it's not postpartum depression or anxiety and you're mm -hmm. just overwhelmed. But that's a completely false statement. So is there an actual um, definition of post? Like how long is postpartum? In some cultures, it's two years. Yeah. But I don't know what our definition is here. I think in the States, a year is kind of the go-to medical definition that I've seen recurrently. But I feel like for people that don't get help with their postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety, that um, it actually can it can go longer than that because you're never yeah. getting... Yeah. You can, you're never getting... Well, help to like break that cycle. One of the themes that Kim keeps bringing up is treating mental health issues like any other health issue. And it's the yeah. same thing with like postpartum bleeding. If you don't take care of it, yep. you're going to bleed for nine weeks when really it should have, you know, most women are tapering at like two, three weeks. So same yeah. thing. If you don't 
cope with what's going on in your life and with the mental health issues that you're facing it will drag out like just said yeah i agree i should step up on my soapbox real quick and give that my thought on that because i meant to open with it and i forgot your your soapbox thank you thank you you actually use soap so you can use it if you want to instead of just standing i I did after i ran this morning i so i smell good um but i just i have a lot of people that i love that struggle with their mental health and my goal for them has been like for myself is to make it a not an abnormal struggle but a normal struggle like to say i have problems with mental health you should be able to say that without feeling um like less of a person um so my whole thing is if you have a heart issue you go to the cardiologist if you have a lung issue you go to whatever doctor fixes that pulmonologist (laughs) pulmonary specialist thank you but for some reason if if our hormones and what's in our brain is messed up it's like a huge stigma to say hey you know something's going on in my brain they're like oh god what are you crazy what do you need therapy like yes Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And And I think that's okay. And that's okay. Like, I think we need to be open and say that mental health should have Mm -hmm. the same stigma as heart health, um, liver health. So if you drink too much, Jess, you're going to get itchy skin and armpits. I drink too much on a regular basis. Ironically, she's not drinking. Oh, oh. And it doesn't thing. make we us a <laughs> it doesn't make us a weak person. It it does make you a weaker person if you don't admit it and you don't get help. But if you're doing everything you need to do, then you're making yourself healthier. And everyone that texts me like, I'm so embarrassed, I'm having like severe anxiety, I don't want to do, I don't want people to know. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like, so what? You need some you need some help. Like get the help and don't feel bad about it if anything also mental health can affect your physical health way more than not way more but even more so than your physical health can affect your mental health so we need to like even shift like there's no resources available to people for mental health yeah and yet it's impacting the so like the what am I trying to say it impacts your physical health so like the demands on our healthcare system for physical health are like probably worsened by the lack of resources for mental health issues so if we shift the way we approach it Mm -hmm. even give more focus to mental health I bet it'll change all the things about our healthcare issues I definitely think that stress and anxiety is like will kill you faster it's than crippling. anything else yeah it's crippling and it does it it will lower your immune system and do all this other stuff and one of the things that I really took from a lot of the letters that we got is like you said, people are like embarrassed or scared to talk about it. But I also think that there's a good reason why people are scared and embarrassed to talk about it because there are so little resources right. in our culture and we're going to talk more about resources in the next episode that we're going to do, but... Oh, yeah. We forgot to mention this is a two-part series. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, she said that, I think. I did say that. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, I was ignoring that. <laughs> but not only are there not enough resources, but there's actually, like, people will go to their doctor saying, I'm having these thoughts, or I'm having postpartum depression, or I'm having anxiety postpartum, and there's actually doctors who have taken people's kids away... Mm-hmm because they think that they're a threat to them right instead, instead of, of getting them. them help right and so like if you think that that's even a slight possibility you are going to say well i'm just not going to talk about it instead of going and getting the help you need or the opposite experience where you name your problem and you go seek help for it and they don't act like it's a problem like there's a story one of our stories about a mom who goes to a doctor and shares some of her fears and anxieties that she's experiencing. And she doesn't tell them everything, probably because it would be things that would potentially have your child taken away for. Um, but she, 
the doctor says, oh, you're too far gone. Like this isn't postpartum anxiety or depression. You're just stressed. Oh, because you're too far past right. having your baby. Yeah. And so it's hard to name and own what's going on with you if then you can't do anything about it because those resources aren't available to you. And it really starts to to take a toll on your relationships with your partner because they, it doesn't matter how supportive a partner is. If you are breastfeeding a baby around the clock, day and night, um, there's a certain level of exhaustion that you cannot, you can't plan for it. You can't possibly fathom. And so you might have your partner sleeping right next to you that whole night. And they're like, Hey, if you need anything, let me know. But you can't, you can't fix that. And then the rest of the day, you're just, it's just a cycle. I didn't realize how exhausted and tired I was until Brock stopped nursing. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I'm a human again. Like sunlight. Yeah. And I feel like that's part of it because like we're talking about like mental health things. And so it's like, and I think a lot of people pointed this out in their letters is that a lot of times in the beginning, there is a lot of rationalizing that goes into it. It's it's not like, oh, I'm having postpartum depression or postpartum mm-hmm. anxiety. It's like, oh, this is just normal. I'm tired. Um, this is, this is okay. I can get through this. Or, oh, it's just hormones. Or even feeling bad asking for help. And so like a person who could just ask their partner like for for something won't because it makes them feel like they're not good enough as a mom and they want to do it all themselves because their brains are telling them that they're not good enough yeah I think you spoke on a theme too that I was reading in our stories of it doesn't matter how well supported you are postpartum anxiety and depression can happen to anybody so don't feel guilty even if you feel really well supported and loved by your family it doesn't mean that you're a bad person just because you're feeling some of our most supported moms get it and and i i've talked about this before but robin williams and it's not just postpartum depression it's any sort of mental health we're just we focus on that because that's what we do as midwives and doulas but uh, robin williams had said feeling feeling lonely isn't the worst feeling in the world it's being surrounded by people you love and still feeling lonely because Mm -hmm. you just feel like they don't no one can possibly understand what you're going through and you just feel utterly alone and i think that's the important part to talk about with this is that we want people to know that are going through this situation that they're really not alone because we see we we're getting all these letters and that's a small amount of people but they are like all having the same experience of how they feel so it's like if you can connect people to know that there are people that get your experience and what you're going through like even just that yeah i feel is a huge weight off of your mental status well even if you don't feel like you can get out of bed or leave your house which is like a really normal part of not just postpartum but having anxiety and depression postpartum there are tons of like facebook groups or support online for people who are experiencing these things so if that's like your doorway into the world of there's a lot of other people out here experiencing what you're experiencing like there are resources and we'll talk about that next time but yeah just do we know want, that there are people out there do we want to do and uh, just at one of our super short emails that we got so I think that we could like talk back and forth about the things that we've heard people go through when they're feeling postpartum depression or anxiety. But I think it um, will just come out better, like straight from the horse's proverbial mouth. So better than its backside. Yeah. <laughs> like if our goal for this podcast is to help people recognize there's community out there, the best way to do that is to show people, show people the community. Stories. So yeah. we're going to read some letters that people sent into us about their experiences with postpartum depression and anxiety. And the first one, Kimberly. Yeah, it's super short. So I'll take that one. Also, before I warned, like we're going to do that thing that we always do where we interject and add things in. So the whole time. But as Meredith was saying, like, it's not just the first 
couple of weeks, and that seems to be a theme. I had definitely had some hardcore depression after I had Oscar, but it wasn't for three months. And then at three months, I was like, what is happening to me right now? It was horrible. Um, anyway, so yeah, that seems to be the theme. So I will start with this one. First of all, I love listening to y'all. It cracks me up, and I love it. Why, thank Aww, you. Thanks. <laughs> We, we love to hear that. If everybody who sends us an email could just start that way. <laughs> it um, makes our whole day. <laughs> yeah. Actually, just put the compliment in the, in the header. Oh, yeah. First the subject read, line. The subject line. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. And then the first sentence and then sandwich it and back in and again at the end. Yes. Never too much. All right. Sandwich compliments <laughs> are the best. Second, the biggest thing I wish people knew about PPA and PPD, which is postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression, is that, in all caps, it doesn't always just hit in the first 12 weeks and then you're past some magical point where you're completely fine. That is true. After, I'm going to say her son, I don't know if she wants me to use his name, and I'm sorry if you did, but was born and after his first heart surgery and hospital stay, when we went home, I got hit with postpartum anxiety like I'd never experienced with my first. I was afraid to leave the house, afraid to sleep, cried more than I ever have in my whole life and was scared out of my mind. It was just that I had this tiny, fragile baby, and just as in quotations, with a heart condition, and that's the entire world felt like too much. I was afraid to take showers. I felt like I couldn't cope with anything. I'm so thankful for friends who talked me down from panic attacks and who helped me get through what I needed. I'm sorry, get the help I needed. It took our bodies nine months and so to make these ba- or so to make these babies. I can't talk anymore. There's no magic mark where you're physically and mentally okay. My anxiety didn't even get super bad until about six months. And I was shocked by it. I was past 12 weeks out, right? I, shouldn't have, I should have been okay. Wrong. It can hit at any time in that first year of your baby's life. I wish more people recognized that. Hey, girl. Did she want us to share her name? Um, I mean, she didn't say keep it anonymous, but we can bleep it out just in case. (laughs) And that's so true. I mean, you think you're in the, in the clear and then months go by and all of a sudden you don't feel like getting out of bed or you're too anxious to pull your car down the driveway. Like that's a thing. Yeah. And I think it, and I think it's important in her story that, um, postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression can be exacerbated, exacerbated when you have a baby with extra issues, Mm -hmm. um, But that doesn't, but you can have the same experience when you have a baby that is completely normal. um, Or that your birth experience goes the way that you want it to. And that's still okay. Whereas we might give people who have those extra challenges a little bit more slack. um, Those same experiences for a person that has everything going perfectly normal are also. Because you're not, it's not. Because you're not a weak or a strong person. If you are experiencing severe anxiety or depression, your hormones are off. So you need to figure out why that's happening and how we can fix them. I've seen moms that have nonstop postpartum support. They don't cook or clean for an entire month and they still can't bring themselves to get out of bed. So obviously something isn't right. That's not a normal reaction to um, having a baby. Well, also like she talked, one of my favorite points in the story is that it takes nine months to grow a baby. Like why wouldn't it take that or longer to recover from having a baby both physically and emotionally. And in that same vein, it's one of the biggest transitions you'll ever experience in your life in terms of your self identity. So if you like lose a family member or get a new job, like how long does it take you to transition into that chapter of your life? Why would not becoming a mother for the rest of your life not require months? It doesn't go away (laughs) your entire childhood child's life to like own that transition and that change. Every phase of my kid's life is some sort of new anxiety before I get used to it. (laughs) I know, right? 
Welcome to parenthood when you'll never know what's happening ever again for the rest of your life. <laughs> ever, ever. <laughs> you guys are really, really selling Chris parenthood this episode. Chris hasn't <laughs> lived in- He's been gone. Chris has been gone for years and I'm still, you know, like, oh, God, (laughs) are you alive? (laughs) Um, So I have another little letter I wanted to read. I'm going to switch it up because I know we said we were going to do the long letter. But due to our timing before our break, I think it's going to be better to do this one. Um, So someone wrote into us and said, I would say that if a person begins feeling like someone else and wonders if this is it, I guess I'm going crazy now that I'm a parent. Why the hell can't I deal with these emotions, thoughts, to run for help, to not stay quiet? I didn't... Wait, I did that wrong. Why the hell can I deal with these emotions um, and thoughts? You need to run for help. Do not stay quiet. I didn't know any better, and I wish someone had seen me, heard me, and helped me. Something else that needs to be talked about is that the non-birthing person in the family can also experience PPDA. My husband did. We were both so lost... And she ta- says that therapy has helped and she's grateful she has access to that. But for those that don't have access, it's a lot harder. And that's part of what we're going to do our next episode about is like finding access to, to things that will help when you can't find anything Either to help. Either parent is experiencing yeah. symptoms. So I guess this was talking more about it's like people do think that they can just deal with the issue themselves or it's like, why can't I be strong enough? Yeah, they they not only are depressed and anxious, but then they're like self-loathing and self-hating, same thing, because they just can't do it all on their own. But we weren't meant to do things on our own. And society perpetuates that. And we're going to see that in our next letter after the break, um, because somebody else was writing in that people would just say, like, you're strong enough. You don't need to do medication or you can do this on your own. Just like Like, suck it up, buttercup. You didn't need medications for the birth. Why would you need them for postpartum? You're strong enough to do this. And those aren't encouraging words when somebody's already grappling with guilt. No, not at all. Oh my God. Mom guilt is the worst thing. It's the worst. And then you add like when you get postpartum anxiety or depression, your mom guilt is like a hundred times worse than normal mom guilt. Um, I also want to say too, like she spoke to her partner who was struggling. Like we talk about that in our postpartum like discharge instructions is we speak specifically to the dad or the partner like you might be the one to catch it. So if you start noticing that your partner's isolated. Catch it like the flu. Yes. <laughs> no, sorry. Let me rephrase that. You might be the one to notice uh, that notice they're the feeling okay. distant or separated from their friends and family and, and isolated. And if you do notice those things, like feel comfortable talking to your provider about them. So in that sense, we are putting like an, a burden of accountability on the partner. And so I can see where that would trigger some postpartum anxiety for the for the partner because they also are like, why can't I help my partner? What is happening? Why can't I provide for them? Um, and plus they're exhausted and stressed out after having a baby too. So. And sometimes it's hard to see the signs because when we think of like what we would think of as depression or even anxiety, it doesn't always manifest in like crying or, you know, sometimes it can manifest in ways of like just not being able to sleep or mm-hmm. not wanting to eat, not talking because all these thoughts can be running through someone's head or it can just be that they're completely blank emotionally. So it's like, you know, like me, you know, just shoving all those things down inside. So if your armpits start itching. If your armpits that might are itching, be a sign. you have to let go of some feelings. I don't know if I can do that. No. I need to do that. Um, and so it's like 
knowing that it's not necessarily going to look like what you would think of as depression, because um, I feel like we tend to think of depression as wanting to sleep all the time and like crying. And, and some for some it's like that, but for this it's typically like a guilty feeling. Yeah, um, or with or postpartum just, de- just overwhelming anxiety. Or yeah, with postpartum depression, some doctors saying, well, it's not postpartum depression because you don't want to kill yourself or your baby, and it's like that's obviously not the answer and that's not true at all but it's shocking how often that's women's story and it's important to talk about how important it is to validate moms and their feelings so they do feel safe sharing um their experiences um but i think this is a good time to go to our break i'm so excited about our sponsor for these episodes amazing um so yeah let's take our break let's do it cue the music oh yeah I'll never get tired of this music. So I'm super excited about the sponsor for our two episodes we're doing about postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, Our sponsor for this episode is the Mindful Mamas. Mindful Mamas is a maternal wellness company that's dedicated to serving mothers around the world. They believe that they have to shift the narrative from what we need as mothers to how we want to be in motherhood. And they're releasing an app for both iOS and Android. It's launching on March 19th. And it teaches moms and moms-to-be how to fit mindfulness and self-care into their busy lives. Whether mothers have 60 seconds or 10 minutes, we create content that will help them get in sips of self-care anytime, anywhere. It's for women at all stages of motherhood, from trying to conceive to becoming grandmothers. Women who want to be more present, peaceful, grounded, and connected to themselves and the people they love. Mindful Mamas was created by moms who struggled with postpartum mood disorders and who largely attribute their wellness and health to mindfulness. They strive to normalize the realities of motherhood, give mothers personalized, practical tools for inner peace, and change the narrative around what mothers need and how they feel. Um, so you should go check out their app. Um, their website is www.mindfulmamasapp.com um, and learn more about their app um, and how you can use mindfulness and meditation to help with postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety or just the realities of being a mom today. So um, yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about them in our next episode, but check them out, mindfulmamasapp.com. Back to the episode. Welcome back from that break. Man, I am super excited about... I don't know if I like got across how excited I am about this app in the break, but... Tell us more about it, Jess. Well, we're going to... We're planning on actually interviewing the one of the people that is creating the app um, in our next episode, but she is a psychologist who had postpartum depression. And um, I know we're not really supposed to talk about solutions for postpartum depression in this episode, but this was one of the things that helped her. And so they started this app and it looks amazing from everything that I can see. Super exciting. Oh, speaking of postpartum depression uh, fixes, I met Jane yeah. Hot, who um, mm. supported our one of our last episodes. I met her yesterday doing She's a shift. She's awesome. She's amazing. And speaking of, um, sorry, I just totally stopped talking about Jane, but again, we'll talk about her more next week. Um, but yeah, speaking of how I talked about a sip of self-care, in the break. Yes. I really appreciate that. Was that was a great line. lead in. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Good job bringing that back. <laughs> Bring it around. Very smooth. Down. I think we talked about how um, I thought my liver was dying and I'm being weird and my armpits are itching. So I wasn't drinking this week. But we had it. We decided to break out the wine because we yeah. felt like things were getting stale. 
And I'm off call We don't right like now. hanging out with each other if there's not wine involved. I love hanging out with you guys without wine. <laughs> so can we... I don't know if I love talking into a microphone for an hour yeah, straight without wine. That would be boring. That's fair. This wine, so it's a delicious cupcake vineyards Moscato. It is so sweet. It's it's right up my alley, and it's from June and Walter. They are an amazing couple. They're they, so cool. They're so freaking cool. And well, actually, I don't know Walter, but I've known June since like I was in high school. So since you were a child, yeah. they just had the Little most beautiful baby. birth. She rocked it out like a like a goddess who had done it a million times, and then Walter is just there, like holding her hand, holding her head, catching that baby. Aww. It was, oh my gosh, it was beautiful. Yeah. And your partner was there. So Yeah, Mary yeah. was there. It was amazing. So thanks for this wine. It pepped us back up. Thank we were definitely... You. We need the sugar rush. We need something right now. <laughs> we're all... <laughs> where Kim is still recovering. <laughs> we're all just exhausted We've anyway. We've had like probably the roughest two weeks that we've had in a long time. Well, my... No, your first... My last weekend was fine. I was out of town. Yeah. That's I missed, true. I missed all your well, we had personal trauma. They're we had not making births, eye contact with me because I've had the chillest two weeks okay. ever. So me and Kim have had, so I had three births and then Kim had three births and then there was personal drama and then we're trying to figure out our sound system. So it's been crazy. We're trying to like rebound from that. And here we are. Rebounded. Here we are. Rebound. All right. Um, someone so start reading. We're back. Look, you're doing my job. Hey, I'm, I'm reeling you in, Jess. She is. Look at you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. All the time. Well, I have don't even need Jess. I have this 20. Please. (laughs) Meredith and I on a podcast (laughs) would just be laughing. laughing right now. Be terrible. You have that 20 foot cord. Yeah, I can reel you in with it. I can lasso it and pull you and still talk. Just remember, it's a video of that. It's not the size of the cord. (laughs) It's how you lasso it. It's the skill of the person using it. That's okay. So okay. where were we? So back to it. Okay, so I'm I'm excited about the next story. Okay, I'm, I, I think it's weird to say excited when talking about this story, but this story was sent to me from someone who has an Instagram account. A, 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 a crap, a crappy Instagram. <laughs> Try again. No, she has a really good Instagram. <laughs> she has a it's she ha, runs the Instagram account My Life with PPD. So you should really look her up because um, she's been being interviewed and everything. And her her like mission is really to bring awareness to postpartum depression and anxiety. And that's what this episode is about. So we do. I think that's why we got so down a few minutes ago. Meredith was saying I was just, struggling. I was like, why are we not getting just, people yeah, solutions? It's she's so like down. a man. I'm gonna fix this. I'm a two. I like but to it's fix just things. we're trying. <laughs> good job we're just trying to show that it's so common and these all of these women are going through the same thing so if you're out there going through this you are so not alone so these stories aren't to bring you down it's to help you be connected next week we'll give you some resources but you just got one from our break we did and so and and we're going to talk about the person who runs that from our break her experience with it as well so we didn't want to interview her for both episodes but we'll talk a little bit about her experience as well um, but so um, the Instagram account, my life with PPD, she's really just trying to bring awareness to what it's like and to, like we said, to take away some of the stigma of what it means to have postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety because it's so, so common and we're not talking about it enough, which makes the stigma even worse and makes it harder for, for moms that are experiencing it to get help. So if we talk about it more, it'll make mean that there are more resources for people out there the more that we it gets exposure. 
So again, check out My Life with PPD, and this is her story. So she went to the doctor. It starts with, no, you just have the baby blues, was what I was told when I hysterically called my OB's office at two weeks postpartum. I had summoned up the courage to finally call and ask for help, and I got pushed aside and put in the same basket as everyone else. So I think that's really important to talk about is that, um, and I know we mentioned it a little bit, but I really think we need to focus on it more like how much people have to summon up the courage to even speak out in the first place. Right. Like how long was she suffering for two weeks? I mean, when you have a newborn baby, you're up constantly. So it's not like you're just suffering during daytime hours with stuff on your mind. It's like constant. And we use sleep deprivation as a form of torture in the military. Like it's horrible. It, I don't know. It goes back to our equilibrium episode when we just expect women to be able to pull in our strength and manage everything alone. Yeah. And so it's like for people that are suffering with that, like go get the help because from what you'll see from the story, the sooner you go to get the help, like the, the faster, it faster is, you have hopefully access faster to you'll resources get access. And care. Yeah. Because it can be a revolving circle of like problems. And so, um, so she got pushed aside and put in the same basket as everyone else. I called through tears and said, I think I have postpartum depression, which is hard enough to admit as it is. There's a big stigma around it. People right. don't want to admit they have postpartum depression. Naming the problem is the first step and it's the hardest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the receptionist transferred my phone call to the intake nurse where she proceeded to ask a bunch of standard questions to ascertain if I was a risk to myself or others. Again, what we were talking about, like it's hard to come forward because if they ascertain through their questionnaire that you're a risk to yourself or others, there can be serious consequences to that, which can make the medical model of dealing with this not feel really safe. unapproachable. So we need to find safe ways to deal with this so that like, you don't have to be scared to get help. Like those questions are important, but it shouldn't be the way that you're filtering out people who require your help and those who don't. Yeah. So she said, I distinctly remember her asking if I was having thoughts of harming myself and or others. Too ashamed to admit I actually was having thoughts of harming myself. I quietly said no. She then proceeded to tell me that it was not postpartum depression because I wasn't suicidal. She told me that I should try to calm down as much as I can because the stress can pass into my breast milk and upset my two weeks old baby, my two week old baby's stomach. Yeah. can't right no who is also what training does this person have to be giving this advice is my question because none of Probably this none. makes any sense whatsoever no she's not a trained psychologist she is an ob she's a nurse in an ob's office so she's not really dealing with postpartum moms much most of, most of what they see in postpartum moms is like you, they see you once at the six week postpartum visit yeah i was shocked when i went with a client to go see an ob for postpartum depression and he had no idea what resources were available yeah. i think he handed her like this like run-of-the-mill pamphlet yeah that gave you no information whatsoever and sent us on our way with absolutely with nothing he had no idea what to do and this is like a nurse in an intake office so yeah. can you even imagine and can yeah. we focus on in the history of ever, I mean, I know we talked a little bit in our last episode, like how old the earth is, but in the history of ever, yeah, way back when, when has at some t- telling someone who's freaking out to calm down, I would, that's yeah. what I was, ever made them calm down. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Or people would say to me with a million kids, listen, you just need to take some time for yourself. You need to take one day a week. And I just wanted to throttle them. Again, shifting the language. So it's on you. Right. Like, like who? Wait, who's going to take fault. my this kids your... one day a week? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's easy. And then again, like her saying you can't get help unless you want to yeah. kill yourself. 
Yeah. Which you're already too scared to admit. Yeah. Because if you do admit that, then they come get you and. God. <laughs> Such a cluster F. It yeah. is. But keep going. My favorite line's coming up still. Okay. Um, yes. Where was I? Um, so she said, as if I wasn't feeling guilty enough. Right. Your stress is coming through your breast milk by some magical force and now, into your baby. Now you're feeling guilty because you're feeling stressed and that's going to hurt your baby's stomach. So like, yeah, this was like, this is like what we should do an episode of like, what not to say to moms postpartum. Right. Let's do all that. of these things. This is all the wrong thing to do and not the resources this mom needed. Um, so th- I'm actually surprised this came from a nurse at a doctor's office because then she said, she told me to run out to the store and buy essential oils. Yeah, I was surprised by that too. Which, well, that's nice. Actually, essential oils can help a little bit, but it's not a solution I, I for feel a like mom we're past calling. That point. You're past that point. You, I feel like that's pouring a glass of water onto a bonfire. Yeah, right. What is that going to do? Yeah, just make more smoke and frustration. Yeah, burn your eyes. And she's calling a doctor's office for help, yeah. um, not for essential oils. No, so. and and they don't know they don't know what to do to help. That's the problem. We have all yeah. these screenings, but then what happens if you do need something? We, there are no resources yeah. if you do need something. Yep. So why are we asking? So I, I really, I really, really liked how she talked about. She said, "Feeling so incredibly misunderstood and dismissed, I just said okay." She told me that if I was feeling like this again to call and she'd talk me off the ledge. That's my favorite slash least favorite part is you don't think this woman has postpartum depression or anxiety, but you feel the need to tell her that you can talk her off the ledge. What does that even mean? No. If you're on the ledge, it means that, that you're literally means you want to jump. Yeah. That that blows my mind that she felt I like wish she could you say would that. step back from the ledge. Oh my gosh. My Killing it. Third eye blind. <laughs> good. Blah, blah. I'm getting that from the say yes or whatever movie that was. Anyways, I just, when she's, I just, how, I don't, I don't even know what to say to that. What do you say to that? Besides, I'm so, so sorry that that was insanity. So this woman was completely invalidated when she actually worked up the courage to call for help. So she said, I hung up the phone and couldn't breathe from crying so much. I felt like I was talking and everyone around me was deaf. I said to my husband, this is why we lose so many women women during the postpartum period. We find the courage to come forward and ask for help and we get ignored. I didn't give up. And so I really want to focus on that. She did not give up. So if this is your experience, don't give up. Like, Do not. But also we're saying that to someone we recognize you have likely no energy mm-hmm. and no motivation. So it's really hard to say you have to take this on yourself when you don't have the energy to do so. But unfortunately that is where we're at today. Like you just can't give up. You have to keep moving forward. And hopefully that will change soon as more awareness gets brought to this, but like keep reaching out to new people and keep, keep trying to like, so what did she do then? Okay. Um, So she said, I didn't give up. I called five days later and said, I absolutely need an appointment to see my doctor. I got one the next morning and I was diagnosed with severe postpartum depression and borderline psychosis. So the nurse that had told her it's not postpartum depression was wrong. She actually had severe postpartum depression and psychosis. So can we talk for a second about the difference between postpartum depression and psychosis? Because I find that those two definitions get super blurred. 
Yeah, go for it. Okay, so less than 1% of women have psychosis. Yeah. So psychosis is when you do start having those feelings of wanting to harm yourself or your baby. So I feel like there's so many women who put themselves in this bubble of like psychosis and because of that fear and anxiety, they call it that and they're not willing to reach out for help. But really, if you're not having those feelings, it's depression and it feels like that's way more acceptable for some people to seek yeah. out help. But I sometimes wonder if more people are suffering from psychosis and, just and they just it. don't admit it. Yeah. Well, and the other thing though, which is kind of the opposite of what you said, but some women with psychosis, it's the opposite. They don't realize it's abnormal. Right. They don't realize there's something wrong. Like they but think they, it's just not just postpartum depression, but they think that's a part of postpartum depression. Right. Not like or, a separate or they, they keep problem. saying to themselves, they start doing horrible things and thinking that it's all normal. Women with postpartum psychosis are the ones that accidentally drown their babies right. or leave their babies in the car for 12 hours. And it's, it, they don't realize it's happening or hurt themselves or hurt themselves, yeah. or hurt their kids. Like I just said, because there's a line that you cross that you cannot then self help for like no self help book is going to get you through psychosis depression. I've seen a lot of women work through depression on their own, but you don't have to, well, you don't have to, but sometimes you do because there's no resources. Yeah. So yeah. some women really will take it upon themselves to write every day. So um, I should say you shouldn't have to. No, you should not have to. And I've seen women like myself. I was one of them. I never had the opportunity to see a therapist, but I did a whole shitload of stuff to work myself out of it. But if I had gone into psychosis, that's no longer, you can't do that. Like yeah. you can't work yourself out of that. Um, yes. All of that is really good information. Um, sorry. I don't know. I don't what, know where it all came from. But I don't there know you what have that it. was, but good job you. I'm just feeding off of Meredith today. I can't help it. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. So it says, you see, this wasn't my first rodeo. I've been to a rodeo before. Um, <laughs> Did, is it true? They have eight seconds and then the alarm goes off like beep. You is made it, it really that it doesn't matter the size of the cord. It's all about the lasso. Well, wielder. I don't know. Actually, were they hot rodeo people? What are they called? No, they were not hot. Rodeo it's clowns? not a movie. They <laughs> were actually just young redneck teenagers chewing tobacco and wearing boots with spurs. So, oh, that sounds like boots Tom with Winchester. the spurs. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. We have to keep going. Meredith right, has to go. leave okay, soon. Let's keep going. Um, so she had an older son born um, in January of 2018. She got pregnant at seven months postpartum. Her oh babies are God. 16 months apart. That so can that's, happen. that's really hard, even if you don't have postpartum depression. Um, she said, I knew this wasn't just the baby blues because I had suffered with that when I had my first and it lasted only two weeks. However, being more educated now, I definitely am now aware that I did suffer from undiagnosed postpartum anxiety after my oldest was born. I put it down to being a first-time mother and being on the neurotic side, but now I know better. Um, and I think that's important because we got that common theme, too, um, in a lot of letters, that there are people who had undiagnosed postpartum anxiety or depression in previous pregnancies or, or births, and they never realized until after they got the help mm -hmm. that they had it. And I feel like I was like that with my first baby. Mm -hmm. I feel like I was depressed and anxious with all the women we've talked about my devilish postpartum. And I was just like, no, I'm okay. But I look back and I was literally like a shell of myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also feel like we hear a lot about like justifications that people make. If you're a type a woman, I feel like a lot of type a women are like, Oh, this is just my neurotic personality. It's like, no, like this was clearly shifted into something much bigger 
and like your your neurotic tendency so like don't just sweep it under the table because no you are if other chapters you really felt out of control of like yeah and like she said i love how she said she felt like she was screaming and no one can hear her just like what robin yeah. williams had always said like you're surrounded by people but you feel alone yeah and that is that is a sign that you you need something that you cannot give yourself yeah um so she said i had all these terrifying thoughts of what could happen to him and i have people tell me this all the time like that they're having thoughts of like this i never really let anyone hold him the only time i left him was when i had my second son my anxiety became so bad that I then developed obsessive compulsive disorder, which meant I had to do and say the same things to him at night, more specifically, or I feared the worst would happen. I only allowed him to wear the same pajamas because I was petrified of SIDS. I found myself Googling every little thing that I noticed he did, and it became an obsession. So I, I really like how she transfers from all these bad things that happened and all the, the cycle she was going through, and she immediately says... I loved being a mother so much. It was all I ever wanted, and I am also a stay-at-home mom, but I just wished I was more relaxed nonetheless. I accepted this was how I would mother. And so I really want to, like, drive that home, is that having postpartum anxiety, having postpartum depression, having psychosis, having uh, postpartum OCD does not mean you're a bad mom and you don't love no, your kids. Yeah. Also doesn't mean that you're a bad mom either. no. That's exactly what I just said. Oh, is that what you just said? <laughs> it doesn't mean you don't want to be a mom. Like, I joke about that all the time, about how hard it is being a mom. I love, I love having, yeah. why do you have so many kids? I don't know. I love having a big and family. you're such a good mom. But it doesn't mean I don't go crazy. Yeah. Or stare out the window. Or want to be like, no, I don't want to read The Ugly Duckling for the 14th time. Or play that game where you like close one eye yeah. and you put your fingers over their heads and you <laughs> pretend to smush them. Yeah. Because it's a job that never ends. No, it's so like we pretend to smush so their heads. So it's okay to love something and still admit that it's hard and that yeah. sometimes you need a break. And we just don't have that village anymore that we keep talking about yeah. to surround you and support you and... I couldn't get through my job without the two of you continually showing up and bringing me things. Oh, we got if you. I continually mean twice in a week, uh, but in probably one you week. couldn't use support every single day no. of that week. So we need that for our postpartum time too. Yeah, we Jess totally. and I will be living with Meredith when she gives birth to her unconceived child. Good luck, Terrence. We got Have you. Fun. Good luck with that. We'll help he's Terrence not going to do it. He'll enjoy it. Come on, he's a man. And Anthony can go move <laughs> in together somewhere else. Just kidding. He's going to be so involved. It's going to be great. Okay, so fast forward to uh, September 2018. I found out I was four weeks pregnant. I've never felt so terrified in all my life. I felt every single emotion you could think of. I remember saying to myself, okay, you have nine whole months to adjust. Come what may. Oh, God. No, it wasn't come what may. Oh, Jess. <laughs> Although I almost broke, broke out. You just broke my heart. I almost broke out into Mulan. I don't think I'm going to be able to stop myself now. That's on my It head. actually said come may. You'll be ready. <laughs> Also, I want to I just want to like interject my own thing, which I feel bad like stealing the light from her story. But do you remember when I found out because I had again, we've talked about how awful my postpartum was with my first daughter yeah. and I found out my second daughter was a huge like accident. I had never wanted to have another kid again. I'm sorry, Ren. I love you so much and I'm glad you're here. She was a surprise. She was a surprise. Yes. And um, so 
I did not tell my husband when I realized my period was late. And then when I took a pregnancy test without telling him, the first person I texted was Kim. And all I and said, we weren't even this close yet. No, we weren't. But I just sent one text that said, shit, 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 oh shit, my shit, God. shit, 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 shit. I remember getting that. And I thought you were being like funny. You thought you were pooping. <laughs> I was pretending to poop. Uh, and then I, I did the, the same thing to you three months later. No, but I, but I can like, so you meant those shits. Oh my God. I was terrified. I didn't think I could go through that again. The yeah. postpartum. I never wanted to do it again. And then she was a sweet angel baby. So it was okay. She was the best baby in the world. It was so easy, but Thank yeah, you. I was, <laughs> I'm going to bleep, bleep that out. I'm bleeping that out. Um, but yeah, I just uh. realized James always did the bleeping. <laughs> I don't know how to. Darn it. <laughs> There's a plug-in for that. Um, so, yeah, but I, I understand that terror when you're like, holy crap, I can't do this again. Why is this happening? Why is there a line on the stick? I don't know what I'm going to do. Did someone draw this with a <laughs> yeah. Sharpie? Yeah. Am I on? I'm hallucinating this line. Am and I on punk? And then my husband found my phone. He was like, oh, what is this conversation about? Is Kim pregnant again? And I was that's like. That's because your husband reads your text. That's when you start rumors. Um, yes. Yes, she is. I might be pregnant again. <laughs> He was like, I can't believe you told Kim first. And I'm like, yeah, Why well, is, it was safer. I clearly, <laughs> clearly it was earlier in the relationship because that would not be surprising at all at this point. Oh, my goodness. Okay, okay. We're back to her story. Um, okay. Uh, actually, I don't know Come what May the story. We're, okay. Come so, well, to my May. shock, in March 2000, 2019, when I was roughly 30 weeks pregnant, I began feeling emotions that I have never had in my whole life. I put it down to feeling overwhelmed with looking after a clingy toddler, a shift working husband, and being a stay-at-home mom, which means no break. Everyone knows what that's. Every oh stay-at-home mom knows what that means. God, no it's horrible. It's all the time. All it's time, horrible. We won't let that happen to you, Meredith. <laughs> she's just making eye contact with me the whole time she's saying you Literally, it's like, no, you will not jump in front of that bus right now. I'm not giving Don't do it. I'm not doing that. However, the pivotal dumb. moment for me was when I was home with my toddler, heavily pregnant, holding my son. I got up because my dog wouldn't stop barking and it triggered something I've never experienced. Intense rage. Of course, the dog triggered it. I'm sorry. If a dog's yeah, going to, if that. anything's going to trigger postpartum rage, it would be a dog. She said, I was so mad. I smashed the window of our door all while holding my son. I immediately called my husband and told him I was so ashamed to admit the truth. I knew right then and there something wasn't right with me. I went to my OB at 30 week appointment and told him that I think I'm suffering from depression. He told me to have the baby first and see how I went. Those last 10 weeks were hell. I cried every single day. I resented the baby growing inside of me. I wanted to leave him at the hospital. I didn't want him. It was seen as a chore rather than an exciting addition to our family. I was too afraid to talk about it. And I was even afraid to tell my husband because I was so incredibly ashamed for my thoughts. I was petrified if anyone were to catch on to my thoughts that I'd get my babies taken away from me. I knew I wasn't crazy, but what I was thinking was crazy. Um, so she delivered a healthy baby boy, and then it got worse. She was diagnosed with post. How? She How was, does it get worse from that? She was diagnosed with postpartum depression, went on Zoloft into therapy. After three and a half months of therapy and Zoloft, she had seen absolutely no improvement. And so then she talks about how she wanted to go into therapy and trying to find a therapy, um, running into insurance, how hard it was for her to find someone to actually help her. Um, so I'm going to actually read the end of her story in next week's episode because it's more about solutions. But it took her from that point um, 
It took her nine months to actually start getting help. I think that is what keeps blowing my mind as we hear our mom's stories or like even just personal experiences I've seen of other moms, like the the perspective of time. So like we'll go to a doctor and they'll be like, oh, just go 10 weeks, just make it 10 more weeks and, and we'll figure it out. And it's like 10 weeks when you're in this like deep, deep depression, there's how exhausting no. is that? But for them, yeah. it's just 10 weeks or even like those moms who are like, you know, potentially who are suicidal and who are having negative feelings, they'll go, the doctor's will be like, okay, you have an appointment in two days. And it's like, that we two have days to is have, we have to stay by this woman's bedside for two days to keep mm-hmm. her from harming herself. Like they have no concept of what that passage of time is like for people who are struggling like no. this. And it, 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 that's another part of our broken system that needs to be addressed. And she said she is heading in the right direction now, but she finishes it with, it should never have taken this long. Um, She said it's nine months that she can't get back and her family can't back. And she said to anyone suffering from any type of postpartum mood disorders, I see you. I know how isolating it is, but you mustn't give up your babies and your partner are never better off without you. Um, which I think is important because people that are having those thoughts they really, feel that way. really, really think people will and be better off And it's not just postpartum them. depression. It's it's anyone with depression. Yeah. It just makes it harder when you have children, you know, that and, and, and a partner that is affected by your decision. So she said, advocate for yourself and don't give up. And so I, I really suggest checking out her Instagram, um, My Life with PPD. It's I th- She's doing really good work to bring attention to this. And I feel like we need to reiterate too, like, I, we are saying don't give up to people who don't want to get out of bed in the morning and like are really struggling with to do anything with day-to-day function. But that's when you can call on your people in your community to like maybe be like, hey, I'm struggling. Can you look and see if there's any therapist in this? Area? Like, I'm sorry, I'm dumping mm-hmm. in solutions. I'm so sorry, I can't have it. But just for a second, like even though we're saying don't give up, it doesn't have to be all on all you. All on you. Like, you can ask you, for help. Utilize this app to help you find resources. Like, And if your, partner, if your partner just kind of shrugs and acts like, I mean, it's not that bad or whatever. Don't, it's hard not to take it personally because it, it's very personal, but they don't, unless you've been through it, it's hard to understand and be patient. So look to another woman who has maybe been through it or talk to your mother or your because stepmother they they do or your, help. your aunt or whoever, because this has been going on forever and we just don't talk about yeah. it so reach out to someone and Everybody say knows somebody please can i talk to you just for a minute and then go from there um and again it's not just postpartum depression it's anyone with depression um it's really hard to help yourself when you are struggling to even like yourself in the moment but just don't give up like this needs to be a thing in our yeah. in our healthcare system where it's taken care of but it's just not yeah so um well thanks a lot for that story yeah, yeah. I thanks think, for all of our stories. I think We've that really we don't ones. have time for the other story we it's were okay. going to read. We have another episode coming up. We do up, have another so. episode. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing to say is that when we talk about finishing up this episode, it's that, and I know we've said it already, you're not alone. There's a lot of people experiencing this and there's a lot of people not talking about it. And so the more people that talk about it, um, it's just like anything else. Um, more resources are going to appear when there's a need for it. And so if we're not talking about it, it's perceived as not being something that's needed. Also feel free to use us as a resource or like as an access point. So like listen to our podcast, use our Facebook page, share your stories and like maybe a community of women can be grown there. Yeah. I, well, I think there is power in like getting your story out and not 
have and being validated as opposed to having someone be like yeah, oh i'm sad we're out of time because we have a couple other stories that i really wanted to read yeah so sad well do you think we, we can probably i think we can probably bridge them into our next episode yeah oh for sure we will okay we will <laughs> i don't want to leave anyone out this time this go around it's yeah. so important so the only thing that we have to say finishing up this episode we are here for you you are not alone you're not alone you do not need alcohol to make it through your day no but it does help (laughs) occasionally sometimes and you know what small amounts my underarms are itching less now that i had a glass of wine (laughs) i think i was gonna say earlier i think you're detoxing you're detoxing from alcohol (laughs) you know what there are also help there's also help for alcoholism Maybe someone can start a podcast about that for Jess. Not me. I'm not going to start it. It's not an alcohol podcast. problem. It's an alcohol solution. All right. This is uh, making me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> well, we don't so, want you to have feelings. So. All we have to say is cheers. cheers. <laughs> you guys are the worst. We love you. Do you want to redo that ending?